What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? I hate average podcast. Back with another week, another episode. I'm excited about this one. Last week we had a lot of fun. We gave a lot of cool information about relationships and different forms of relationships and how things work with relationships, uh, titles and things of that nature. Uh, I guess different, not just titles, but different uh, categories of relationships and how people could be a little bit more open-minded besides just living the regular monogamous life, the average life, because this is I Hate Average Podcast. We had a great conversation with Glamazon Tayomi, um, just discussing how people live and how um, just the possibilities of how people can live and coexist together. So, cool conversation. Check it out if you haven't already. Of course, follow her. She gives a lot of great information, not just on relationships, but on health and different things. So, definitely check out Glamazon Tayomi. Continue to support her. This week, we have a great guest, a returning guest. I'm excited about uh, having Yasmin Teresa Garcia. Man, last week, last uh, I believe it was last year, or maybe... Yeah, I believe it was last year we had her. She was one of our first guests, probably maybe our first five guests that we had ever on the podcast. So, man, it was a lot of fun catching up with her, seeing the things that she's up to, seeing the progress that she's been making um, in her journey. And, wow, cool conversation. We got a little bit more in-depth in some of the work that she's doing and some of the things that she has coming up. And, um... We talked about her background and we just revisited how she got started and some of the things that can, uh, from her work as being a doula, some of the things that can help women and people in general, some of the information that she's given. So cool conversation. Check it out. Uh, we'll be right back. Also follow Yasmin Teresa and Garcia on social media is why the Garcia on Instagram she gives a lot of cool information, and she's one of my favorite people on social media, so check her out. But right now, check out our conversation, Yasmin Teresa Garcia. Uh, returning guest, I have Yasmin Teresa Garcia. What's going on, Yasmin? How you doing? I am so well. I'm very, very grateful to be back. I believe uh, this is our second time, you know, getting together, and I'm very grateful I'm ready to hear what you've been up to and to share as well. Um, well, I've been up to a, a couple of things. I'm um, just doing the podcast and trying to, within the next couple of weeks, trying to get started with doing events. So I'm really excited about that. Um, so how's everything with you, Yasmin? Teresa, um, last time we spoke, we were talking about being a doula and... Um, Helping women with uh, childbirth and things of that nature. So, what you been up to besides that? Yeah. Well, I'm um, definitely congratulations to you. I can't wait to hear about your events um, and probably meet you in person finally. But I actually have been still doing my work as a doula. However, this year, uh, since January, I've taken some time off because the last time we spoke. I was in the process. I remember actually being on the computer and on the phone with you. Sorry. During our last interview, I was in the process of creating an app for the birthing industry. And I don't know if I shared that with you at the time. And the app is called EB App. 
So it's spelled I-B-I-O-T, and it's available in the Apple Store and in the Google Play Store. And you are actually able to find within the app a directory of holistic birth workers around the country and in some places of the Caribbean and even in some places in Africa and Europe. Uh, birth workers that include midwives and birth doulas, breastfeeding consultants, massage therapists, even as, as much as uh, yoga, uh, instructors for prenatal yoga, and etc. This birth workers in the birthing industry pertaining, uh, pertaining to maternal health and new parents. So it's, it's a dope idea that wasn't existing when I decided to create and I wanted to create studies. I felt that there wasn't much unity in the birthing community when it came to uh, birth doulas and midwives. It's almost like we exist, but there's not one place that we can find them. So I said, whatever happens to the yellow pages, and when you are listed anywhere online, if you have a website, all these things cost money. So I wanted to create a one-stop place, uh, one-stop directory for birth workers worldwide. And so I've been having the app now for about two years. I think we're going on year three at the end of this year of its launch. And it's been doing well. We've been getting recognition through media and press. And I'm now finally doing in-person marketing and speaking engagements and getting the community more interested and involved with it just to get mothers to, you know, get uh, the help that they need, the support that they need, but also teaching our community that they deserve this kind of support. You know, not only mothers who are pregnant, but even, you know, families like parents, fathers get resources in their community that they need, whether it's child care, pediatric care, that's more holistic, anything of that sort. My mission is just to build that community and have resources that are accessible and they're not judgmental based on whatever your belief system is or your background. And that's been my project for the last few years. Alongside that, I have been uh, writing, so I'm in the process of writing uh, my book at the moment, which will be out at the end of this spring. I'm very excited to be sharing that with you guys soon through all social media platforms and stuff. And, yeah, I mean, a lot of work can you'll see on my social media and on my website you google it and stuff yeah I mean well for the past couple of months you've been my favorite favorite person on social media because you've been providing a lot of different type of information um so I've been really getting into the stuff that you've been providing uh I really really appreciate your services they're very very important so um the last time we spoke, you, you launched the app. So how did, how has the app been going? How has the feedback been um, across the country and across the world? Uh, how has everything been going with IB app? EB app. EB app. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. EB app. No, you're good. It's just pronounced, I guess, in the Hispanic way, EB app. So it's actually been really, uh, it's been doing really well. Within the community and um, among birth workers, for the first year that it was launched, I, we've had about one to two downloads per day within the 365 days of the first year. 
And then um, there was a, a I, I did kind of like a hiatus of three to four months where the app was not available on the Apple Store or the Google Play Store because um, we were just adding new features to it. And I was in the process, honestly, it takes a lot of work to keep an app running. You know, it takes a lot of work to implement new features on it. And it's an ongoing process. When you of course. Anything, right, you know, right? When you create anything, you don't expect it just to be that one thing when you create it. You want it to evolve. You want it to mature. You want it to grow and be able to service more and better and more people. And then your goals change. So your mission stays the same, but, you know, you want to be able to help more people and provide more resources to more people with whatever you create. At least that's the mission with the, with the app. So I took a, a little bit of hiatus in order to kind of be able to manage where exactly I was trying to market the app, you know, whether it was better uh, to work for birth workers, to be able to have them promote their job, you know, their, their services on the app, or did I want to market it to the community? Did I want to market it to individuals, to mothers who needed the service of birth doulas and midwives, etc.? And I, I struggled with that a little bit, understanding which would be the best. Because, you know, you kind of have to narrow down and attack one goal at a time and, you know, work on that in order for it to be effective. And so I realized that it was better for me to really just promote it to the individual who was looking for these services, mainly because when it comes to holistic and alternative birth services as far as midwifery and birth doulas in the state of New York, because we're so monopolized by hospitals, people don't even really know that we exist. And if they do know, they don't know where to find us or if they can afford us or in, in what way they can actually hire us as, you know, their service providers. So I realized that my biggest goal is to have to educate the community about exactly what we do and how they can actually utilize this app to find the service provider of their preference. And I did get um, a little backlash from like even the birthing community themselves. Some people were offended because they weren't a part of it soon enough and they weren't listed. And I mean, you don't have to pay to get listed as a service provider. And I tried to explain to some people, like, you're not listed yet because we have an A through Z. You know, we have a whole list that we were going through, and it takes time to list them. Um, I mean, you know, it takes, like, maybe 24 hours for me because I do other work, and I'm the only one managing the back end, uh, the directory. So yeah. I just needed people to, like, have patience. Like, okay, we're still developing. This is new. This is something has launched. We still need to get feedback. We still need to learn you know, what is the good and bad, why this was used, tell us what you think is needed to improve, and, you know, that's how a company grows and gets better and is able to better service the community. So it's been doing really well as far as the community. Nothing like it exists. A lot of people um, I've seen later on have tried to have something like that, and if they do, they have it on a website, and if it's on a website, a lot of their information is not updated. Um, a lot of people's websites when it comes to their business, the phone numbers are not updated, the emails don't work, the websites are, are now disconnected. So, you know, it's, it's something that is an ongoing process. And, you know, the working tirelessly to make sure that it's going to service the people that it needs to service. So we're more focused on the client, making sure people know that these services are available, that they can okay. afford it, and that they do deserve it. 
more focused on that right now. So, you know, I'm excited more so because I'm also now being more vocal about it, going to events, doing lec- uh, like workshops, lectures, just showing people about, you know, showing the people to act, sharing the importance of it, and just putting my face out there. I think it's important for people to hear why it's important and why I created it. Definitely. I mean, I, I, re- I really... I support the service. I support you. You give a lot, a lot of information about uh, uh, being a doula. I'm sorry, Jay. I can't hear you. Say it again. I'm just saying I appreciate the content you provide. You give a lot of information about being a doula and other things also about um, just sexual education, period. Um, a lot of people feel that they know some things, but just getting some definite and... Um, Research information is very, very important. So, um, is being a doula or, or mid midwifery is that covered by insurance? Are doulas or midwives covered by insurance? Midwives, as you know, are the medical practitioners who deliver the baby, and they're pretty much trained in nursing. They're trained. Just as much as OBGYNs, they're just not surgeons, and OBGYNs are surgeons. Okay. And, um, yes, they are actually covered by insurance. If you're in the, uh, the New York tri-state area, if you're in the state of New York, you could even have Medicaid and Medicare. And usually, if you're a midwife in New York, like a, a certified nurse midwife, you're allotted um, a minimum of one patient per month. Okay. You know, one patient does do that month to uh, be covered by the Medicare and Medicaid insurance. However, I know many midwives who take more than one client. You know, they 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 don't mind. Um, but yeah, for the most part, midwifery midwives, yes, they're covered by insurance. But it depends by state, so it's always important to just check in with your insurance and to communicate and get a consultation from a midwife. Midwives are always more than happy to offer um, advice on how to get them hired. And if not, they're definitely always willing to work with you if your insurance doesn't cover it. And when it comes to doulas, some, uh, again, some insurances do cover doula services. However, what they do is that they might cover half of it or they okay. might reimburse you for the payment that you've made. Okay. But then again, there is kind of a process that the doula has to help you through it. You have to fill out paperwork. You know, some people are opposed to it because you have to kind of put the money up front first and then you get reimbursed by your insurance. But you definitely want to check in with your insurance and see your options. And there's even a lot of now organizations in the state and many states, but in New York alone, I know um, Side by Side Doula is an organization or By My Side Doulas is an organization that actually offers doulas for, for free. They offer it for free to the client, but the doula does get paid by the organization. Okay. So there's so many options that women should look into. Why do, why do you think that this information is kind of not promoted to the public? Because, you know, you can go to a hospital and, you know, you can give birth and they don't really let you know that doodles are available or midwives are available. Why do you think this information is not kind of um, made known to the public? 
Well, that's a good question you asked. That is actually the same question I asked when I went to a um, Black Maternal Health Conference. You know, the, the point of the conference was, here in Brooklyn, the point of the conference was, why are so many Black women and babies dying after birth? You know, it's either the mom ends up dying or the baby ends up dying. And I don't mean to sound so morbid, but, you know, just to be really realistic, Black women um, die 12 times the rate of their white counterparts here in the state of New York. You know, and that's not normal. It should be very alarming to many people that this is happening to women in these hospitals, which is why a lot of women are now deciding to uh, have their babies at home or in a birthing center with midwives because it's a different model of care. So that was my question when I went to this conference. Like, why isn't it promoted that we do have these services available to women, services like doulas, which have proven facts that we lower the rates of cesarean sections by 50%. We lower the rates of postpartum depression. We wow. lower the rates of interventions. We lower the rates of um, so many things. You know, we just inform the mothers. We give them the support that they need. We, we support the women when they're, pre- when they're pregnant, when they're delivering, wherever they are delivering. Even up to the time that they get home, we're checking in on them and providing them with resources in their own community to make sure that they're getting that support that they need. So I honestly, I ask the same thing. Why isn't the city more interested in, or even us as organizations that care, quote-unquote, care about the um, maternal health mothers, especially women of color, because it is a big issue that so many women of color are dying. True. So promote it. And they couldn't really give me an answer. They, they said that their answer was, well, we are us being in this conference is a way of promoting it. And I'm like, yeah, but I want to see billboards. Exactly. I want to see billboards of us showing what a doula is as much as you show me who Cardi B is. True. But then you got to be realistic. We live in a world where it seems more than healthcare. You know, that the interest of healthcare or death sells quicker than life. You True. Know, this whole country was capitalized on definitely be amazing that's definitely amazing because people need the information I think people 
people don't really know about doodles and maybe until the day of their birth. So what do you think that, that we can do to let people know about the services of doulas and midwives before the actual day of birth? You mean people who are not pregnant yet? Like, how can we educate them? Or, or, or people who are pregnant, but a lot of people don't know until that day. They don't know about the services. Right. So how, how do people, how do you think we can get the word out? I know one of the ways we can get the word out is by sharing, um, sharing who we are, like sharing on social media, sharing vocalizing and, and having that conversation with people around us at our workspace, at our schools. You know, I constantly tell people, yeah, I'm a writer. Yeah, I created an app, I'm a, but I'm a doula. And I ask them, like, do you know what a doula is? Do you know what a midwife is? And I just have those conversations with them. And even if they don't pay attention, I bring them back. Like, no, this is what we do. We've been doing this. We save lives. We help mothers. We are vital and we create community. You know, this is who we are. We are important. We are kind of like, you know, the the mama bears of the community. We want to make sure that women are taken care of, families are taken care of. And I have those conversations everywhere. I mean, I'm the first person that will walk in and say, I'm a woman. Today I'm menstruating, you know. <laughs> Today I'm a birth doula. Do you know, you're pregnant. Hey, I'm a birth doula. Have you hired one? Maybe not me, but I have a whole directory of birth workers I can show you like I'm just very vocal with things that make people uncomfortable but are so natural like I just I think it's so absurd that people don't talk about these things I'm like you're gonna need this throughout your life you know you're probably gonna date a woman you're probably gonna have her period you're probably gonna get pregnant you need to have these conversations whether it's happening to you or not it's happening in or around you no matter what, like, you know, so for me, always promoting, putting it on social media. If you see a post of a doula, what is a doula? Share it. If somebody has a question, tag somebody to answer that question. You know, it, it, it's never that deep. Talk about it. That's true. Definitely, definitely. And, um, of course, you've been sharing content, um, of course, of being a doula and childbirth, but also you've been sharing content recently about just whole life health uh, um so what's been what's been uh, motivating you to just give information about just the whole life health or whole body health what um what's been giving me the inspiration to do that i believe that we are holistic beings i believe there's layers to us and okay we're not just a human body we are a soul that is revisiting Earth, and we have a spirit, which is our, you know, what drives us to live on our purpose. And and then we have our human physical body, you know. So we're a three-part person. We we're so complicated and complex, but so simple. True. And I really believe that people need to connect everything in order to understand life and in order to understand yourself you need to stop leaving things out you know Mm -hmm. if if ever you hurt your toe you know in the middle of the night you stand up off your bed and you go into the restroom and you hurt your toe you're going to feel that up to your ankles 
possibly even up to your shin. True. Because your nervous system runs throughout your whole body. You don't have a different, you know, carpet, what is it, carpamentalized, I can't even say that word right now. <laughs> like, you don't have a specific nervous system for one soul, and then it's different in every soul. Everything True. is connected in your body. And yeah. what you feel in your heart, you feel in your mind. You know, you think about it. So I always just believe that I, um, one thing that our, the issue with humans in this world today is that we believe that just because it affects somebody else or because it affects one part, it's not going to affect the whole thing. True. That because somebody is hurting, it doesn't affect us. But the reality is that we feel everything. And there's studies in science that have shown that when you stand next to somebody who's negative and who has a uh, evil spirit or like just a negative energy around them, you feel that energy. You know, Definitely. it's your intuition. It's what makes you a human. It's what makes you a soul. That knowing. So I'm very big on preaching and, and teaching and not preaching, but like educating. Because I don't want to preach to people. I want to educate mm -hmm. them. Just to know that everything is connected. And we, it's, there's a oneness in this universe. True. And we're all flowing and, and we're either spiral, you know, spiraling up or spiraling down. We're either going negative or positive. True. Everything is connected. So what's something that's kept been keeping you motivated? Because you, you had the app and uh, you've been given information for a couple of years. So what's something that keeps you motivated? Because, of course, you get discouraged sometimes. Uh, some people don't. Some people want to debate your information. Some people don't want to receive it as a fact. So what, what keeps you motivated when uh, in the face of doubters and things of that nature? I believe that life keeps me motivated. I believe if, uh, because I too, I will definitely be honest that I have my moments of doubt. I definitely have my moments of of fear of wanting to just hide out and figure out if I'm on the right track and am I really supposed to be doing that? Oh no, I'm I'm human. Trust me, like, I <laughs> I feel it all. You know, I get depressed. I have my moments, but then I choose life. You know, I choose literally to to live because. There's always something inside of me that says you're not here for no reason. True. No That's reason. true. None of us are. True. You know, and, I, and I'm very big on studying history, and my history, I mean the history of my people, where I come from, who was here before me, who paved the way for me to be here. You know, all my African ancestors, my native aboriginal indigenous ancestors, they, they died for me to be here and have the opportunities that I True. have here. After True. I created the app for EPOP, you know, after I created the app, I literally, a month later, after it launched, I, I took three weeks off. It was, it was also my birthday, and I took three weeks off to do some research and some work in Ghana, West Africa. Wow. And just to be there and to, to, it felt like my parents' native country of the Dominican Republic. It felt like wow. I was in the Dominican Republic. Wow. The only difference was that the people were darker skin, and, you know, and they thought I was a white person, which is fine, I get it, <laughs> they're still a little bit colonized in the mind. Sure. Um, they don't really understand the concept of mixed people, that we didn't really all choose to be mixed or blended or mulatto, whatever. Sure. But, um... I definitely just got an opportunity to see life in a different perspective. And I, I was so grateful to have an opportunity to just travel and just see 
you know, get discriminated for being uh, for being a mixed person. And I'm just like, wow, if only you knew back in America, I'm black. Like, this is crazy. Sure. But these are moments that keep me inspired because it brings me back to humility. Like, this is what keeps mm -hmm. me grounded to know that so many people, you know, we all almost work, like, in, in a conjunction. Like, we all are part of the, the train that's running. We all have a seat in it. And all of us got to play our part. Somebody's the artist. Somebody's the singer. Somebody's playing an instrument. Somebody's a doctor. Like, if this train crashes, everybody got to put their magic together in order for us to get home safe. Yeah, you know absolutely what I'm right. So, You're right. You know, that's what keeps me motivated, just to know that everybody that died before me and, like, it's just, it's just not, like, I feel privileged to be alive. Wow. So I feel like I have to wake up every day whether I feel it or, or feel like it or not, I have to do my work in order to know who I am supposed to be today, what I am supposed to be doing, and who I'm supposed to be helping. And it's in that powerful. process, healing myself. Wow. That's def very, very, very powerful. Just knowing, like you say, just knowing who you are and knowing your purpose. So, being a doula, of course, you're going to go through busy seasons and then not so busy seasons. So, how how do you how do you deal with when uh, when you give you the information to mothers and mothers say you know what I'll pass I go the traditional route how do how do you deal with that? I'm sorry, I didn't get the beginning of your question. Talk a little bit louder and closer to the mic. Oh, I'm sorry. So the, the question is, um, how do you deal with mothers who? You give them the information, you let them know all about the information about being of doulas and midwives, but they still choose the, the traditional route. How do you deal with that? And by the, tra the traditional way of birthing, you mean like going to a hospital, getting interventions? Yes, yes. How do I deal with that? Be honest, as a birth worker, uh, as a birth doula, our scope of practice really is based on a non-judgmental practice like we don't okay. we're not there to make you choose the way you want to give birth because here's the way i see it as a birth um practitioner okay. for one i have had maybe two clients where they had to do kind of so to speak the traditional way one mom she had an emergency section so it's not like you know, I'm not, I can't judge her because she had to get all these interventions. This is, you know, it was a matter of saving the baby and her. Sure. You know, so I can't sit there and be like, oh, this, this was not the plan. That's sure. not how it works. Our role is to really just be the most positive person, hold space for the mom, and create a, a harmonious um, experience for both the parents and the baby to come in, into this world, and make sure that they're, com they're coming in interrupted, and unaffected by any negative energy around them. Wow. All right? So, True. my other experience was with a mom who had to be induced. And she, her first baby, she had her baby in Europe, in, in the UK, and it was different. The baby came fast and, you know, whatever the case was. But here, she was having her second baby here, and it was just a lot of more pressure on her to have the baby at the time and, you know, all these things that they kind of have here as a protocol which yeah. is not necessarily, you know, good all the time for the mom, but, True. you know, everybody has their own journey. So the purpose of, of, of doulas really is to make whatever situation 
um, the best of it. Whatever it is, whatever they choose, give them the proper information without bias, any bias. You know, no judgment. You choose whatever is going to make you happy at the end of the day. Because if you go home and you choose the, the, the midwife and you have a baby at home and then you end up depressed because you were anxious and scared throughout the whole process, then our job is not effective. Sure. Me being a doula and, and helping you, making you do this process or, you know, allowing you to have a home birth when you're like a super anxious person and you feel more safe in a hospital, then that's probably not the best option for you. You get what I'm saying? So it's just more understanding the mother and who they are. And whatever makes you more comfortable and feel safe, then that's what we're going to support you in. So, um, you have the app, you've been talking to mothers. Uh, Do you feel that mothers are more open-minded to doulas and midwives, or do you think that mothers are just, they're still stuck on... uh, the traditional route. Right. Absolutely. Definitely that mothers are now more aware of their options, especially with this whole feminism train happening. Like, all of a sudden, everybody's jumping on this feminism train about <laughs> their rights. And I'm just like, honey, you've been royalty. You've been a, a supreme being the moment you were chosen to be a woman. You know, yeah. you equality doesn't exist between a man and a woman. A sure. woman is supreme because a man comes from a woman. A woman comes from a woman. So I like to just make that clear. That's my belief system. I don't need equality from a man because you can never be equal to me. We give life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We sure. need you to give life, but we're the ones that bring it out. So sure. I definitely see that more women are understanding and respecting and asking for their options which I love and that's all I want I want everybody to know that as a human you deserve options whether you're a man or a woman you deserve options because you deserve the right to choose what's best for you and whatever you feel is right for you and so more women are um, aware of their options now and I'm sorry I was was just about to lose my train of thought but (laughs) I'm sorry what was the question again? (laughs) the question was um uh, you know, with, with the information, why, why do you... Are they choosing it? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, okay. So, yes, a lot of them are aware of their options, and a lot of them want to have midwives or want to have birth doulas. They just don't have sufficient information, which is where my job as a educator, as a as a birth doula comes in. You know, as somebody who created the, the app, my job right now really is to not only educate possible clients or the community, but even other birth workers to teach yes. them how to speak to the, the, the public about what we really do. Because there's a misconception. There's a misconception where people believe that birth doulas is a luxury thing. Like it's a luxury service, almost like a, a baby nanny. Yes. You know, like that we come in and take care of the baby after you give birth and you're sleeping all the time and we're just taking care of your baby. Like, they have so (laughs) many different misconceptions of what we do. So one of the things is is that they think that we cost too much money and that, you know, we might not service certain populations, like it's a white people thing or... But here's the thing. The the, the work of midwives and the work of doulas has been an ancient practice 
you know, things is beginning of time. Sure. But who really brought it up in our current history was the granny midwives of the South who birthed this whole nation, you know, in, in traditional Native American tribes. There was midwives and there was doulas. It yeah. was just something that wasn't celebrated because nobody was, you know, marketing or, sorry, nobody was profiting off of it. It was a community thing. We weren't sitting here talking about, here's my business card when, you know, homegirl down the block gives birth, let her know, I charge $500. No, but until uh, a set of a white group of people, a white group of women started to monopolize it and try to say that they are the founders or the mothers of traditional midwifery, you know, then black people were like, hold on, hold on, hold on. No. <laughs> Let's be realistic about who started it and why <laughs> and the importance of every community having people to serve them. True. You know what I'm saying? Everybody needs somebody who speaks their language, believes in their culture, respects their culture, and all of that. True. So one of the things I do see, especially um, in my community, sadly in the black community, the colored community, we definitely think that it's not valuable but then again I question people I'm like well why would you spend $400 on Jordan or Beyonce tickets exactly spend $400 on a nine month service you know and doulas charge from free you know they some volunteers some do it from $200 for nine months to $2,000 for a exactly. service that, that we provide throughout nine months true that's literally less than a hundred what is it less like less than two, three hundred dollars a month, and when you think about it, depending who you're, depending on how much you're charging. True. I uh, usually um, charge about between six hundred to nine hundred dollars for my services, and it does depend when I'm hired. Yes. And it depends what kind of birth you're having, because home birth tends to be a little bit more complicated. My last home birth, I was there for twenty-four hours. Oh my God! Just imagine if you're paying somebody for twenty-four hour shift. That's at least, let's say, you know, fifteen, twenty dollars an hour. That's two hundred, three hundred dollars. It's true. It's true. You know, and I always just say, like, we just got to get some more respect on our name. People really need to see and hear the reviews and understand of how much we actually play a big role. And the idea of like, oh, I have an aunt that's gonna be there. My sister's gonna be at the birth. My mother's gonna be at the birth. Well, sometimes those people are not the best people to be at the birth for you. Some pe- sometimes exactly. those people are too emotionally involved, and they don't know how to just cater to you. Exactly. They don't use it because they're all emotional. Like, oh, baby, you're suffering. Oh, you know, just like, I've seen it all. I mean, I've seen it all, and I've heard it all. If I haven't seen it, i heard it. And I'm just like, we need to be more open. The same way we respect nurses, doctors, dentists, doulas, trained doulas do workshops doulas read we have it's an industry it's a service that we provide that we definitely you know get trained to do and we don't do it because we just stumble upon it as a career or as a job we do it because we love it and we care about the lives and the future of our community it's very very important so what's, what's something that the community people come to you and uh and do you think that people are like brainwashed or do you think that people are just stuck in the ways why they they kind of like to have the uh the old fashioned childbirth of, of the hospitals 
question? I was saying, do you think that people are are, are brainwashed or like what's what's the main hindrance? Is it financial or are people just brainwashed to the traditional uh, way of childbirth? Mm-hmm. I definitely don't think that it's financial. When you look at the spending power of, you know, what you know what they call black people, people of color alone, we're at one point three trillion when it comes to our spending um, of of ability. True. We, have, we make so much money. We work. So True. Much. Like we have money. We have resources. Not well. Okay, I'm gonna take that. Back. We have money, and I don't believe that it's really so much a, a money problem. I don't think it's a finance thing. I think it's a traumatic thing. Mm. We've been indoctrinated to believe that first comes God, then comes the doctor. True. You know, and it's something that you, it, it is instilled in you, and you believe in the pastor of church, and then your, your savior is prescription drugs. You know, we've been so disconnected from the land that we cultivated for ourselves that used to want to heal us, you know, and still, and we still do. Like, I know even in my family, my parents were raised on prescription drugs, but then they, they also combine it with traditional remedies. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So you have to look at the indoctrination of, of where, you know, what has happened to our people. It's kind of like a fear thing. It's kind of like, you know, I'm just going to go to what I'm comfortable with. Yeah. I'm just going to rely on what we've been doing forever. But it's sad because that's what I tell people. Just look at your history. Look at what midwifery has done for this country alone. You look at what midwives have done for communities. We midwives of the South, the granny midwives of the South, yeah. uh, of Alabama, of, wow. of Atlanta, these women trained a lot of obstetricians. In fact, there was a time that where they worked together, where they worked together hand in hand to to help communities. So I don't think so much is a finance thing. I definitely think that people need to really just put their money where their mouth is. People need to value life more than they do possessions. Definitely. They value life more than they do wealth. True. I'm sorry, um, materialism thing. But also... What's interesting to me is that I find everybody wants to be a feminist, but if you're a feminist, you would think that people value women's health more. True. And by women's health, you know, at the time, the, the most important time of a woman's life, you know, when she gets her period, when she's a young teenager, and I'm speaking about a woman right now, so when she gets her period and when she's a young teenager, I wish there would be more emphasis on that, respect on that, and celebration of that. Because that would help a lot of young girls understand their cycle, their power as a woman, their individuality as a woman, so they won't have to be competing against a guy all the time. Like, you got your own power. You don't got to pretend to be them. You know what I'm saying? And and then you would understand, you know, you have the power to give life and, and conceive a child now, so you can't just sleep around with anybody. And if you do, do it responsibly. And, and then we don't celebrate when women get pregnant. Dude, she's creating life. Can I give you a better reason for you to put some respect on her name? <laughs> but we are so quick to, you know, worship somebody when they become a rapper. I'm sorry, but we need to, I guess, identify and check our values and our morals. Like, what are we really putting more interest and respect on? And 
to me, I, I'd rather focus on a woman who's pregnant than, you know, focus on a woman who just, like, she graduated college. Like, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I got you. That's, I'm going to celebrate you for a second. But this woman right here, her mother blessing moment is more important. The baby uh. shower, maybe not. The baby shower, the baby's not even here. Celebrate the baby. With, how about we celebrate her? True. Which is a traditional event we used to have. Um, it was a mother blessing. Like, they literally had gatherings for women to introduce them to motherhood. But before motherhood, introduce them to this next phase of womanhood. It, it was, it's, it's like a rite of passage, just as getting your period. Becoming pregnant is a rite of passage. The same way getting married is. So it's like, celebrate that as well. But celebrate the individual before you celebrate the baby that she's growing. And I know a lot of uh, people who believe in, in the way that I believe, they say that. They're like, we celebrate and focus more on the baby than we do the mother. Like the baby before it's even here, we, we focus on the care of the baby. And nobody's focusing on the mental state of the mother, on yeah. the emotional state, yeah. and even her physical state. And that's why we're losing a lot of black mothers. There's no True. worry asking her, like, how you doing? How you True. doing with this whole life, you know, taking over your body right now? True. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just a matter of... And you as a man have so much power, you know, and I... I I definitely, you know, I, I talk about this everywhere, but I tell men all the time, like, you have the power to elevate the women around you. True. And when you put an emphasis on certain things like that, like, young girls, when they get their period, like, they're like, wow, you know, congratulations, you're becoming a, a, a younger woman now. So, you know, take care of your body, take care of your health. Or when a woman is pregnant, give up your seat for her. Make True. an effort to show the world that you praise a woman that's God. Wow. You're creating life. I'm wow. to say that, you know? that, you know, does anybody create life out here? Like, come on, they're birthing humanity. True. To take care of the woman, too. Of course, you definitely have to. So, what, did you ever uh, let, let, let us know how you first, first got the passion for being a doula? Uh, I think I did, but I'll definitely uh, rewind that for you. Well, look at that. I got shameless plug. <laughs> so, um, less than, I think, four months ago, I actually co-authored a book called Black Excellence. Nice, and nice. This book um, has a story a little bit about why I created the app, and just a little backstory of even how I became a birth doula. And my story, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn, East New York. Okay. I grew up, you know, in the hood, and <laughs> in junior high school... In eighth grade, I was about 12 years old. I had two best friends of mine who became pregnant, both of which were a little bit older. I know one of them was 16 at the time. She got uh, out in the fast. Okay. And one was about uh, 14. So I was kind of younger, but I know I'm a little mature for myself. But um, these girls, they were my best friends, and they got pregnant. And when they got pregnant, I just saw the disparity around them. Like, I saw how people treated them. Uh-huh. I saw how their families, you know, they would tell me how their families were, you know, speaking to them or they didn't, they were just so ashamed. And it's just like, well, what's done is done. If these women, are, if these girls or women, they're going to keep their babies, now we got to celebrate them because now whatever goes into her energy or, you know, it affects her and the baby and, and her for the rest of her life. True. How she feels is going to affect the baby for the rest of her life. Again, everything's connected. It's a domino effect. So, 
I definitely took it upon myself. At that time, I was learning about, I think at that time, I had just got my periods. So I was super obsessed with learning about my body, mm. learning about my 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 sex organs. I just started in the crime system, understanding my physiology, and just teaching them now what was happening in their body. You know what I'm saying? It was yeah. kind of funny. I just coupled that together. Now I didn't know. I kind of forgot that I got my period on that same time, but... I just wanted to learn more of myself, and in learning more of myself, I was able to teach it to them because they, they had so much going on. So I would break out a conversation like, did you know you have options to get for, sure. and, you know, these are the resources, and are you going to... I mean, I was an eighth grade fucking puppet. Maybe I watched a lot of TV, but um, it was something I was so passionate about because I saw that they didn't have that support in a positive way. You had their family talking about, we're going to ship you to DR, or, you know, you're going to have an abortion. And one of them actually did end up having an abortion, and then mm-hmm. ended up getting pregnant that same year. At the end of the uh. year, actually, yeah, crazy. She was a 16-year-old. She was a little bit older, so, you know, she has her own mind at that point. And I ended up becoming the godmother of that baby. Uh. It just goes to show you, like, ah. Uh, Everything happens for a reason. Like, I didn't know what a doula was at that time. And I was already providing that kind of care, love, and support for my close friends. Amazing. Yeah, it wasn't until I went away for college to study fashion all the way in San Francisco. My freshman year, I went to university. I literally stumbled upon a documentary called The Birth of the Business of Being Born. And my friend in college became pregnant in our freshman year. And she was my best friend, she was like a sister to me, and I saw this documentary, and then I learned what a doula was, and once I learned what a doula was, I thought, okay, I need to become a doula, and it just takes a certification, takes training, oh my and God. experience, and that's when it started for me. <laughs> Will you show up to appointments on time? <laughs> I'm sorry? I, I, I was bothering, uh... One of our clients, because uh, a lot of people they they do things and and you know they hear fads. Uh, you know, it's a fad to be uh, to eat clean. It's a fad to be vegan. So, how do you protect this from just being a fad to something that's actually factual and beneficial? How do I protect being a vegan? Well, not, not being a vegan, but how do you protect, um, you know, being a doula and and and, oh. and uh-huh. things of that nature? How do you protect? Because a lot of people jump on things just because it's a fad and they don't really, really research things and find out information about things. So how do you, how do you, um, you know, stop this from just being a fad and let people know this is actually the best way of childbirth? good question. I don't know if I believe that this doula trend is necessarily a bad thing. Because, you know, because there's a trend and there's hashtags for it and there's events for it and, you know, everybody thinks it's cute so they want to be in it. That's still publicity. And I do believe that any publicity is good publicity, even True. if it's bad publicity, because people are speaking about it. True. You know, but even though in a world of information where we have way too much and overshare society, 
there is so much misleading information. And I don't think that we can protect the image of what something really is. We could only live by example and prove to the world if you are it, True. you are not only talking it, but you are living in it, you are the best example of what it is. You know what I'm saying? And if you're keeping it 100 and, you know, people are, every, you're, nobody is not a mentor and nobody True. is not a role model. I hate when celebrities say that. <laughs> like, I think you're, you're ridiculous because whether, you know, people from the corners looking at you every time you walk out looking fly or, you know, in your job you got that lady that's hating on you. There's people paying attention to you. Your siblings, your cousins, your family, or people you don't know from across the world through social media. People are looking up to you, whether you think they're looking down or they're hating on you, whatever. They're looking at you. So the way you live your life is the best example. And if you believe in something and you're not doing it for it to be a trend or to jump, jump on the trend, um, consistency is always going to be rewarded. Definitely. You know, consistency um, and execution is going to be rewarded and is always going to be respected. So if you're about it, you're going to always be about it, whether you talk about it or not. And I, I believe this is why, for me, I knew that being a doula was definitely part of who I am as a person. Like, I'm mm -hmm. not just a doula for, you know, babies being born. Like, it's a character trait of mine. Like, I just like to serve people because I feel like, you know, I have my arms and my legs. I should be able to give back to those who don't have. And if I have too much or I have you know, to share, then I should. You know, I just feel like that's, I'm a Libra. I guess you just got to be the balance. When you get, you give. When you, when you learn, you teach. You know what I'm saying? So for yeah. me, it's like, I'm going to walk it like I talk it. <laughs> you know? I'm going to be the example. If the trend goes away, we still out here. We still doing it. We True. can't stop it. We just got to be real about it. And Definitely. And fall off the face. Because unless, you know, if it's being, if it's being diminished or misused, and this is why I created EBR, because I saw that there was a lot of black businesses, black women who, indigenous women who've been midwives and doulas across the country. And I'm like, why don't people know about you when you're down the street? I met three different indigenous midwives here in New York. And they're wow. nowhere to be found in, on Google. They're nowhere to be found, you know, in public um, records. But through word of mouth, you know that they're working. And they're working wow. in communities like the Jewish community or refugee community or the Muslim community. Wow. And I'm just like, okay, well, I'm going to keep you as a resource because like or as a resource so I can pass your information down because you know maybe the people who are using this as a trend might not share that you're still out here doing the work but I will exactly you know so. of course so how how can people reach out to you yes how, of course you're one of my favorite guests uh, I love the information that you bring you're my favorite person on social media so how can people reach out to you yeah so Anybody can reach out to me on all social media platforms, Twitter, which I'm not really active on, so I'm sorry, but Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram is my most activity is done there. Okay. And my username is at YTheGarcia, that's Y-C-H-E-D-A-R-C-I-A. My original website, my personal website is YTheGarcia.com. 
And my business website is ibiop.net. That's ibiop.net. And you can download my app on the Apple Store and the Google Play Store and the ebiop app. There you have it. That's my convo with Yasmin Teresa Garcia. Told you it was a lot of fun. I was a little bit under the weather when we recorded it, so it sounded a little drowsy. I was kind of drugged up on uh, cough medicine, but we got through it. I uh, had a cool conversation, great information. Like I said before, you guys got to check her out, follow her, follow the information, hit her up if you got questions. She's very, very receptive. Continue to show support. Thank you guys for listening to the show. Continue to rate and review on iTunes and uh, Spotify. Wherever you hear the podcast, just rate and review. Let us know what you think, how we can make it better. Of course, you can always email us directly, show at com. Once again, show at com. Who should be on the show again? Who should be on the show for the first time? What you like, what you don't like, how we can make it better? Let us know. Let us know. Of course, on all social media, I hate average J A Y on Twitter and Snapchat, and I hate average podcast on Instagram. And I'll talk to you guys next week. We got another great show lined up. Check it out.